Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every week with a news story about your world. On today's show, we have Gabi Natale, the three-time Emmy Award-winning star whose talk show Super Latina is entertaining Spanish-speaking households across America. We'll talk about her humble beginnings, the media empire she's building, and how she's working to include LGBTQ stories in her multimedia vision. Thank you for following The Jesse Garcia Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more information about the podcast, visit jessegarciashow.com. Save the date. The 36th Annual Conference of the National Association of Latino Elected and Appointed Officials, also known as NALEO, takes place June 20th to the 22nd in Miami. The NALEO Annual Conference is a unique source of professional development specifically tailored for the Latinx office holder and future leader. For more information about the conference, visit www.naleo.org forward slash Miami 2019. You've probably seen today's guest on television, award shows, billboards, and bookshelves. Gabby Natale is everywhere. The best-selling author and motivational speaker got her start by launching her own national syndicated TV show, Super Latina, on PBS's Spanish Language Network. Gabby holds the distinction of being one of very few women in the entertainment industry who not only owns the rights to her TV show, but also the television studio. This unique situation has allowed Gabby to combine her passion for media and her entrepreneurial spirit. It has also allowed Gabby to use her powerful platform to showcase social issues, including the LGBT community. People magazine named Gabi one of 2018's 25 most powerful Latinas, highlighting the inspirational story of how she went from a local TV show that started out of a carpet warehouse to becoming the only Latina in U.S. history to win triple back-to-back daytime Emmys. Now let's get some motivational advice on how to make your dreams a reality. I want to welcome to the show a very good friend of mine that I met almost 10 years ago. Emmy Award winner, Gabi Natale. Welcome to the show, Gabi. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to be there, to be here. And you know what? 10 years, uh, you know, we're going to reveal our age. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, I want to say thank you so much for, uh, I wanted you on the show. When I thought of uh, launching this show, I I had like people in mind who I wanted to bring on. And the show is mainly queer and Latino. but I definitely wanted to bring on the allies that were there for us. We met not on a uh, on a good on a good the, the, the situation did not call because of celebration. It was actually because there was something going on in the United States in the two, the early two thousands. We had a lot of children that were killing themselves, being bullied, and because they were gay, and we had a rash of suicides. And I remember you you approached me through an email saying, hey, I need to cover this issue on my show. You had a talk show, Super Latina, that was taking off, and it was on Univision or Tele... At the time, I think it was in Telemundo, then in Azteca, now that we're national, it's in BEME, which is PBS sister station. Um, Amazing. So, you reached out to me. I was, like, floored. Because (laughs) for the longest time, I've been trying to get LGBT rights and equality 
into the Latino world. Try to get the, the influencers, the, the change makers to be talking about this, especially in a very machismo world. It's very closed off back then to this issue. So when you reached out to me, it just blew my mind. I was excited. And when I Googled you and I was like, oh, my God, this is big time. But it's it's a you know it's a community that I love and the fact that we were going to talk about a minority inside a minority being yes. gay and Latino you know yeah and uh, and I think now it's more open but there's still a lot of work that needs to get done but even ten years ago back in the day it was so um, usual so often that we would hear that somebody when you talk to to young gay kids that they lost their family you know they were thrown they, away yeah they, they were, didn't run away they were thrown away exactly and maybe that same family and i remember one of the conversations and these uh, these kids we interviewed they were so wise so let me let me set it up yes. for the for the listeners you approached me via email i was like floored and I was so worried because you needed somebody, of course, to speak in Spanish. And Spanish is not my dominant language. So I did all the homework. I lined up all the people that I could get who were Spanish speakers, who were from the Latino community, and the elders in the in the community that could better explain and put in context. And you put them on your show, and you ran with it. And I was like... And we were nominated for a GLAD Media Award. And you got nominated yes. by GLAD, a national organization that awards media for positive portrayals of LGBT folks. And I was just so thankful because you took my work, the work of many, not just mine, but the work of many, and you took it to the next level to um, several hundreds of thousands, millions of eyes that are now hearing those stories. Because I think it's a, it's a base, first of all, it's a basic human right to be treated with dignity and equality, but also it's a big contradiction when it happens in minorities because we are all the time fighting to have a, a, an equal chance and we complain about discrimination and we fight against discrimination and how come are we going to as a community to turn our backs to another minority exactly and another thing that i deeply appreciate you so much for is that you didn't just walk away you remain invested in the cause following up with further shows, HIV AIDS, and always being there in the, you know, talking about our issues. Did you have any gay friends growing up in Argentina? Uh, I had a lot of gay crushes. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's all, I hope my husband doesn't have anything. Who's in the room, yeah. quiet, on the yes, side. Yes, I hope he doesn't have any news to break today, <laughs> you know, after 20 years together. <laughs> But I, I feel that on a sensitive level or on an energetic level, I truly share with the LGBTQ uh, community a sensitivity. I don't know what it yeah. is. It's like telepathy. We <laughs> I understand them. They understand me. We connect with each other. Do you have a lot of gay fans? Yes, oh. I do. And, and growing up, you know, and that's the funny part, I had a lot of uh, gay crushes. See, from, from when I was 12, yeah. my, German, my teacher of German, I took German mm. classes. And, you know, I lived in a small city in Argentina, kind of small, medium-sized city in Argentina. Mm. 
but he was extravagant, you know, yeah. and he spoke German and he went to Buenos Aires to dance in this very avant-garde nightclub and wore, and he wore uh, hats, you know, and I was fascinated. Yeah. And everybody was telling me, for sure he's gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, he was gay. Yeah. And like that, I had so many crushes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you... Uh, when I first, like I said, when you reached out to me, I was just floored that somebody from the entertainment world, because you tend to do a lot of entertainment news stories and stuff like that. So you got into deeper issues, which helped your 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 little show become even bigger and get Emmy nominated. How does that feel to be? You've already won like three in a row. Yes. Most recently was this two years ago, two years ago? and we're nominated again yeah. may 5th is the um is the award ceremony in los angeles the, i wish you the best of luck thank you how did it feel winning an emmy um it's a little bit of an out of body experience because especially because we are the underdogs because we are um independently produced show i want to say you're one of the very few that owns the rights to her show mm -hmm. and the studio mm-hmm and 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 the thing you're, is you're our little version of oprah oh well, i don't <laughs> have the same zeros in my bank account that's for sure but they're coming soon so go ahead continue story so so we are in the same category with cnn with univision with telemundo and i know that we don't have the same budget the same manpower so really when the the times that we won um it was totally unexpected because we were to say that we were the underdog was a huge understatement. Yes, but you've been attracting a lot of talent to your show, Enrique Iglesias. How was that interview? Uh, <laughs> that interview was here in Dallas. Okay. He was doing, I think it was a Super Bowl concert or something. No, I don't remember what it was, but uh, he was very friendly. Uh, he's very approachable very normal you know normal in the in the in the terms that somebody who's so famous as he is mm -hmm. you know and coming from a family that is so well known in well the latino the world is but he's very laid back and i guess um i saw him like two or three times in different occasions backstage and then that interview he's always the same he's always like trying to have fun during the interview i guess yeah. he does he was laid back yes i guess he does a lot of interviews during the day and then he wants to play with you like yes. you ask him something he asks you back you know yeah. it's, it's unscripted <laughs> yeah so who are some of the the ones that you really enjoyed interviewing over the years um well there's many for different reasons like most recently like the episode that is nominated and is competing right now is isabel allende the it's the most the, the the latina who has sold most books in the planet in the history and, and her journey is a very unlikely journey because she became very popular by sharing stories inspired of her own family her own upbringing you and know? you did the same you just released a book a couple of years back the virtuous circle mm -hmm. how was that journey of putting that book together that project of the virtuous circle was, you know, I am a fighter and I consider myself a hustler and you tell me no <laughs> and, you know, I fight for it and everything. But that project was the project that I feel from my career was the one that is most meant to be because I have an idea for a book 
and I went to a conference and uh, I was given the opportunity to share a personal story. I went to a conference in Los Angeles that is called We All Grow. Mm-hmm. And by the time I finished sharing that experience, I didn't know that in the room there was a book agent and she approached me and she told me there's a book here and I said wow. yes there's a book I have already been writing <laughs> <laughs> I just needed to me get to meet you and and I, I feel it's meant to be because it was practically frictionless you know yeah. three months later she had the offer from HarperCollins which is the second largest yes, publishing house in the planet to publish it and um, um, and they, ever since, you know, I've seen people, co- the connection when you're reading a book and the connection when you're seeing a TV show is very different. Exactly. It's so much more intimate because... You're pe- going to so much background on yourself and your mm-hmm. family and your upbringing. And for the people who are reading it too, because reading it's an individual experience. It's something you do on your own. It's something that you stop and you think about your life when somebody shares with you something. And that book uh, is basically uh, the answer of, uh, to a very simple question that I asked myself one day. I said, I, I've spent the past 10, 12 years interviewing overachievers from all walks of life, sports, um, musicians. Presidents. Yeah, everybody from all walks of life. Yeah. And one day I said, what do they all have in common? They have different backgrounds, they have different ages, professions. But what is this invisible line that connects all of them and made them stand out in their own industry? And I started identifying, you know, those commonalities. And that's what I call the virtuous circle, which are archetypes and qualities that live inside all of us. But they are dormant sometimes. It's our job to identify them and to nurture them. When did you realize that you were going to be one of those people growing up? Were you always an overture as, as a young girl or did you did this something click in high school or college? I think things changed for me when I discovered my passion. Uh, you know, in school I was a good student, but I was not la banderada. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the one that is carrying the flag, yeah. yes, straight A, no, 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 no. no, no. No, first because there were people who were much more dedicated than I was and I was also, you know, sharing the mental space with all the crushes that I was having. (laughs) My dating scene was kind of, you know, active. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so no, but I remember, you know, uh, when I started dating uh, my my husband, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, there was one day I was unemployed and I was watching a TV show Um, And I had already graduated from journalism, but I was thinking that I was going to work behind the camera in production. Yes. um, And that, you know, my profile would be very low. And I remember I was watching a TV host in Argentina. Her name is Moria Kazan. And I was so depressed because I was unemployed and she was larger than life. You know, she was like our Latina share. Yes. And, and... You know, she was magnetic and I I remember she made me laugh while I was depressed and I was telling my husband, this woman is amazing and what a job. In my next life, I want to do what she's doing. I want to have my own TV show. And Andy, who knows me really well, yes. knew that I was speaking from a place of pain and a place of disbelief and asked me a life-changing question, which was, why are you going to wait? 
till your next life. Amazing. If this is something that you really want to do, you have to do it now. And fast forward, you know, with, there's a lot of, of uh, closed circles in our lives sometimes. Fast forward, um, that was in the year 2001, 2002. Last year I went to Argentina. I shared this story in the Buenos Aires Book Fair. Yes. Somebody sent it to Moria and she had me on her, on her oh show. Oh my God. Yeah, and she an was honor. amazing. And she was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I see you as a very hard worker. You're, like you said, you're a hustler. You get stuff done. You're already thinking about future companies in your head. And we were talking before the podcast. How, what do you tell that Latina immigrant that's out there in the United States that's listening? that's wanting to make a better life here in the United States for her and her family. What do you have to tell them? Because you lived in West Texas and you worked in small stations, big stations. You worked as a reporter. You owned your I own paid studio. my way. Yeah, you I paid, paid your my way. Dues. You've done a lot. <laughs> what advice do you have to that Latina immigrant? I would tell, you know, all Latina immigrants or really everyone that is listening that sometimes our dreams are closer than we think they there's so many more things that are within our reach than sometimes um, we realize and and it's 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 sometimes difficult to imagine that those things are within reach but we have to at least give ourselves the permission to first start dreaming and thinking that this is within reach and and for example when when we speak about minorities or immigrants i know when i speak that there's a, a prejudice i know that people think some people think that i'm uneducated because i have an accent i have a master's degree but you know what i know when i speak on the phone with people some people assume that i'm dumb or that i'm uneducated which is not the case but I have learned that one of the most important things is not to believe other people's low expectations on you. Because if you believe them, it's a self-fulfilled prophecy. Exactly. Now, I gotta ask, what confidence do you have hosting these award shows? I think the last one you hosted was at the Latin Music Awards, uh, the Billboards, or what? I went to the Billboards. Yes. I presented at the Emmys last the Emmys, year. The yes. Let's talk about that show because there's millions of people watching. I love it. How do you prepare for that to host that type of quality of show and not freeze on camera? I'm like, how do you do it? I don't think we should take life so serious, to be honest. <laughs> what happens if I make a fool out of myself there? What, it becomes a viral video? The sun will come out tomorrow again. Yeah. You know? So I think you, know, you have to prepare, you have to make the best effort you can. But at the end of the day, if you did what you had to do for everything to you know, function and, to, and there's an, a mistake or something doesn't go right, it's okay. It's okay, it's not so bad. And you know what happened? A funny story. <laughs> at the Emmys, I was backstage and I had to present uh, like some kind of um, tribute mm -hmm. to the show Wheel of Fortune. You oh, know? okay, yes. Yes. And 
we did the rehearsal the day before and everything went smooth. You know, they gave me the countdown. I was coming from backstage. I was going to the stage and I was reading my part, you know. And before I, I, I stepped on the stage, there's a, there's a voiceover that says, and now multiple Emmy, Gavi, Natale, yeah. Okay, the rehearsal went fantastic. The thing what happened is the following day, the music was live and there was a band. Of course, they had the band there. Yeah. So I couldn't listen to and hear your prompt. <laughs> yes. So I saw that producers were shouting at me, go, go, go. And also the people who won the award right before, they wouldn't leave the stage. So they wanted me to go on the stage, present this tribute, but the winners from the previous category were still there. Yes, they were still there. So they were <laughs> pushing people to the side. I didn't hear my cue. And I went there and I was like walking, you know, with all this attitude, like this, elegance. because I, yes, people told me like, this was a badass walk, you know, you were owning it and you were walking so slow because I was waiting for the announcer to say my <laughs> name, <laughs> but he had already said, said it, it yeah. and I didn't listen to it. I couldn't yeah, hear yeah, it because, because there was so much noise going yes. on with the light band. So I just said, you know, whatever, I yeah. just go, go with it. Yes, go with it. Do you get to keep the dresses? No, <laughs> no, I wish, I wish, but yeah, no. No, no, yes. And plus, you know, uh, yes, it's always a collaboration and I have to kind of you know, look around and see which designers and which ones have samples that will fit me because I'm not a size zero. Yeah. And you know, uh, that's why I believe so much in inclusive beauty too, because there should be nice dresses for girls who are not size zero for everybody to, for wear, everybody. to wear at special occasions. Yeah, so that's where you're headed to soon. Mm -hmm. Your company's be gonna be branching out. Um, for people that wanna know, because you're going to be coming up with some new announcements. Where can they f more learn more about these products that are coming up? So? Oh, it's it's still not on, but uh, we're going to in, in gabinatale.com is my mm -hmm. website, and mm -hmm. so everything that's coming up next is going to be at least announced there. And then you're just a be... little mogul in the making. <laughs> I swear, I am so proud of you. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast, and I want to thank you for all the the wonderful, wonderful friendship that you gave us way no. back in the day before it was popular. You were there. Do with you us. feel? Do you feel there's a change? There's a shift now. It's easier to reach out let me to tell you. media. And let me tell you. Now why. I'm interviewing you. Right? <laughs> and I love it. And I'm glad that you asked this question, Gabby, because I had a moment last fall where I'm mentoring kids right after high school. I spend an hour with them to talk about professional development, future careers, and to talk about social issues that are important to them. So I went to two, I mentored at two different high schools, all Latinos. One is Spanish dominant, the other one's English dominant. And when I asked them in both classes, what are the issues that are at the top of your radar that we need to discuss? Crime was one of them, immigration reform, the environment, and both classes said LGBT rights. Mm. So it's getting out there. Thanks to people like you that have put it in the... We have to raise the awareness. Raising the awareness yes. in these Latino households and it's funneling down that this is an issue that needs to be addressed. That love is love. If you love yeah. your daughter or you love your son, you should accept them and as the, they are. And I didn't have to like guide them or, or, or push this. They themselves came up with LGBT rights, equality, women's rights. And it was just like, 
this new generation gets it. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Latino kids, they already know what needs to be discussed, the inequalities, the social justice issues. And I was just so proud of them because it's uh, like they get it. Yeah, and they are so wise. Let me. It's been 10 years, but let me tell you something on that show that we did that still stayed with me. I remember we were interviewing these kids and, you know, part of, of what we wanted for people to know is that the... Uh, the rate of um, suicides was four times higher uh, in LGBTQ teenagers. And, um, and one of the kids told me, you know, when I came out to my parents, you know, they kicked me out of, of my house. They didn't want to have a relationship with me. And I asked him, like, how do you feel? You know, what, are you mad? What happened? How do you feel? And he told me something that was so wise. Yeah. He told me it took me 12 years to come out of the closet. Why am I going to expect my parents to understand it immediately? That was smart. Mm. And hopefully, um, kids that who come out have resources to them so they don't have to go to suicide. Mm-hmm. As our culture starts accepting and our schools are providing enough um, resources for these um counselors to be able to be ready to address these issues as they come along it's gonna be Mm life-saving so yeah that was such a wise point because these fam you know raising a kid that's lgbt it's not you're not given a handbook (laughs) when your baby's born exactly you don't get any handbooks you raise that kid it comes with uh every child's different and amazing I think it's amazing that these parents are out there that do end up raising their kids and not throwing them out, that they have enough love in their heart to understand that family but you is know family. How, well, this is a crazy world that we are praising people for not kicking out their kids. That yeah. should be the norm, not the, norm. the, exce- exactly. not the exception. Yeah. You know? Because those same families sometimes even have uh, kids who committed crimes and they never feel like they are not their own. They never turn their back. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Gabby. Thank you I really very appreciate much. it. Thank you for changing the culture with your important show. No, thanks to you for everything you're doing for the oh. community. <laughs> Gracias, Jesse. De veras. No, thank you, and I wish you the best of luck. And again, that um, website where we could visit gabinatale.com and also in Instagram, gabinatale, YouTube, everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.